Uh, we are in the examination cycle. It is Exodus 27, or sorry, Exodus 27th message, Exodus 15, 22, to the first three verses of 16, Exodus 15, 22. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found the water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? Now, just a moment. Isn't that what uh, Naomi called herself when she came back to Bethlehem, Mara? So there we go. There we, that's where it comes from. Everything it comes from. And he cried unto the Lord, and, and the Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet, and there were, were made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them. Three words we don't want to see. He proved them. And said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and wilt do that which is right in his sight, and wilt give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. And they came to Elam, where there were twelve wells of water, and threescore and ten palm trees, and they encamped there by the waters of great day. 16. And they took their journey from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came into the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month. Forty days, by the way, about 40 days between the previous chapter, after their departing out of the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots, and when we did eat bread to the full, for ye have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill us, this whole assembly, with hunger. May the Lord's blessing to the reading of his word, the examination cycle. We are all in it somewhere. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, help me tonight. I readily admit I need your help. I need your strength. Lord, I need to be a better witness. I need to be a better pastor. I but I can't do any of these on my own and, and for my own. Lord, I pray that you live your life through me. I, I need your help. Lord, I fall so short so many times. And so help me this evening be with those teaching downstairs. Miss Cindy, be with our ears that will be open to hear what you have for us tonight. And I believe it will be encouragement and a challenge if we'll just simply stay in, in, in tune with this. In tune with your spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. There was a high school teacher who once uh, told all of her students that there are two things you can do with history. You can ignore it or you can learn from it. And years later, a cynic countered like this, there's one thing we have learned from history is that we don't learn anything from history. And so that is almost, that's like socialism and communism. I want to say, listen, it has never worked. It will not work now. Population control. Look at China. Population control for two generations and now they're, they're have all the children you can because we don't have enough children to support us in our old age. And so... The, the Bible works, other things do not. We are, we're, but we're not alone in this. We find that you think, now this lesson you learned 10 years ago, I have, to, I have to confess, my chainsaw, it runs great when I operate it correctly. And so I had the chain, I uh, started it up, and I almost called Mr. McClure to come help me, or take it over and help me help me. Anyway, I, I got it finally running the first time. I, what I was doing, I was turning, I had it pushed on off. So I was, and it wouldn't start. And then I kept doing it, and, and finally, I'm halfway through. I finally got it started because I put it in, in the middle button thing. And then, and then just yesterday, I mean, just uh, when I was cutting up, uh, Friday, I, you know, I, I, my chainsaw, boom, 
wouldn't start again. So I took the thing off and got the chain, and I'm sure Mr. trying to make Mr. McClure happy there. I got to take that thing off and, and get that going again. What I had done, I put the chain brake on. <laughs> it's never going to go. I had it started, but it wouldn't go anywhere. I bet my neighbors, he was sitting out in his porch. I bet he had a big time. And so finally, I took that little button and clicked it back, and there it goes. Like, woohoo! You would think, yes, yeah, sir. <laughs> I've got it fixed now. I'll wait till next time. I, 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 but you know, next time I'll probably forget to put the, you know, the brake up this way. The thing handle goes like here, and that goes in the middle. And but we sometimes we go through these processes, and you'd think we would learn. Isn't that not how we are spiritually? We doubt what God's going to do. We doubt God's got a plan, and, and we doubt that. And yet, He knows better than I. Amen. He knows better than you. I tell you, it's either we got a whole. It's, it's this, when the crisis comes again. Like I said this morning, our troubles when you get right with God and are walking with Him does not stop. It simply means though, when the troubles come, we're prepared and we hold on to God and we're not beaten all around and and just crying out to the God, "What's going to happen?" And we're not doing that because we have anchored. My soul's anchored in that rock. And so that's the difference. When you're walking with God, you have his peace. As you're turning to 1 Corinthians 10, uh, when you have that, we can withstand the storm by his grace and marvelous. And you see people that have troubles and problems, and they're still the same mindsets because they have learned. Moses has learned. The people have not. Now, why do we have all this? We have it for an example. Uh, by the way, if you have a spare uh, steel chainsaw book at home, you can bring it. I'll, I'll look through it. Actually, I have, the, I have the directions. Oh, I'm a man, though. I don't read the directions. So there we are. I have the directions how to run it. But who's going to look at directions? I know how to do this. Not really. Not really. Look what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10. One moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant. How that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. Uh, amazing thing. He emphasized that all the Israelites who left Egypt with Moses had seen the marvelous things of God, a cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night, and wondrously had delivered them from the bondage of Egypt through the sea. All had lived to see these mighty mir- this mighty miracle with their own eyes. Verse 5. But m- with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. They simply didn't obey and trust God. Do not miss that. All of them had seen the cloud. All had seen the wonderful things God has done. But with many, he was not well pleased, for they were overthrown. Verse 6, now these things were our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. And verse 10, neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. And then he wraps up the instruction 11. Now all these things happened unto them for in samples and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Our examples, this life, this thing we're talking about tonight was written so that we learn. The directions of the steel chainsaw 170 model are written on paper. I've got them in my little pile. I've got a whole bin where all my directions are, and they stay there. They're probably gathering dust. We find that they're there for us to learn from. So you don't get frustrated and get start sweating like a freight train trying to pull that thing. It's never going to start if you got it off. It just won't do it. These are written for examples. He's teaching us not only were the Israelites making history, they were making history for us. 
So now you know when you buy your steel 170 chainsaw that you keep that little brace, you pull back this way if you want it to start. You push it forward to stop the chain from going. You know that now. There you go. So I have, I've already done all the problems, so you can fix it. You also know that if you're burning uh, branches, you want to have a long sleeve shirt on because caterpillars also are on the dead branches. And one ended up in, down my shirt sleeve. Oh, I got, I got all kinds of bites on there now. I had my hat on, but I had my hat on. I always wear a hat outside. But somehow this caterpillar lived on that branch, been dead about a week, out by the burn pile. I picked it up, and somehow he found his way right down to my shirt sleeve. And there he goes. I don't know. I've learned that lesson too, I guess. I hope I learned it not to go through that one again. But, but see, they had taken these tests and failed. I've taken the test of handling caterpillars, and I failed twice in two weeks, two and a half weeks. <laughs> But God recorded this so we know how not to do something. You know how not to start a chainsaw. And you know how not to do this. You know those kind of things already. He did not give Israel the wilderness experience simply to live and die by. He permanently carved an epitaph of the wilderness experience how we are to trust him and obey and believe and not whine and complain. Perhaps you're thinking, well, you know, Pastor, I, I don't experience too many problems anymore. You see, I've really grown in a place in my life where I'm just pretty much smooth sailing. You, verse 12 is for you. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. That's your verse. Verse 12. Every one of you, we can learn from history because our Heavenly Father often repeats it. His message by taking us through the wilderness experiences and keeping over and over. I have to admit, you get to, wow, I'm cut out of this. Wow, the Lord's watch. He provided abundantly a smooth sailing from here. And comes torpedo, the next torpedo. I thought I had this. I thought I, it, I thought I had this one licked. No, you did not. That's why the song says, I just keep trusting my Lord. It's not, I just trusted my Lord last year. I just keep on going. That's the infinitive in the Greek, an ongoing infinitive. Is that right? I think keep going. I'm asking Andrew back there. Infinitive in the Greek, I think it's ongoing. Continue on doing that. We're going to keep trusting. Moment by moment. And that is it. It's not just, a, it's not even just a day by day. It's a moment by moment. Uh, well, a couple times we saw, uh, we saw a guy almost get smithered, uh, smashed, withered, drithered, accident, pulled over on, uh, on, on, the, on the road. And, and a couple times here, a couple times there. Only by God's grace did we travel. I don't know how many miles it was. It was a long ways. And, and we got there safely and back. And, and so we find that he's, he's I got to trust him right now. I got to trust him then. Got to trust him here. So God put us uh, to the wilderness to test us, to stretch our spiritual uh, spiritual muscles, so to speak. Now, I'm, this is coming back to haunt me in a way. A faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted. So when I ask you later on a faith that cannot be tested, you're going to say cannot be trusted. And that is what God is working over. Oh, he's not working overtime. He's just trying to, you know, you're going to preach on that. Well, let's just see how you handle that. So now there's the wilderness in miniature is the end of 15. So there are five things. If you want, if you jot down nothing else, I would encourage you to jot down these five, uh, if you would, the five positions of this, uh, if you want, the examination cycle. There are five. First of all, comes abundance in chapter 15, verse number one and two. 
abundance. And where the people of God look up, then saying, Moses and the children of Israel, 15, 1 of Exodus, this song unto the Lord and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him a habitation, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. Woohoo! Amen! Wahoo! We're having a great party, a spiritual party. We're looking up, God is good. Second is expectation. The second is expectation. Uh, enjoying God's abundance. Now, I expect that to continue, so I'm looking ahead. First, we're looking up. Now we're looking ahead. I'm expecting everything to go just as it's gone this last couple of days, and no more problems, and we've got smooth sailing all the way, not even to your front door, most likely. Look ahead, anticipating the blessings. If you do not watch yourself, however, you will begin to expect that abundance as your own personal right. We don't have personal rights as his servants. We are to be following what he has for us. This is unrealistic, and it's not even good for us. I'm sure that when Israel left the Red Sea and went out to the wilderness, the people expected continued abundance, continued miracles that would keep them comfortable, safe, and satisfied, and spiritual pygmies. Why, you got us out of here? Well, I'm expecting a five-star hotel on the desert here with water. And we can, take a, we can have a, a, a pool and et cetera, all these different things, and, and go here. And we were in this really quite uh, fancy motel for us. We had the, the conference paid for it. But, uh, anyway, it's very nice. And we had, they had wa- pots of water, we just water and all kinds of things. And we had a room with its own refrigerator and all, and all these different accoutrements. And, and, and the breakfast was the best breakfast bar I've I almost never had. I mean, you can make your own waffles and pancakes, and they had a whole refrigerator of all the yogurt you could eat, and oh my goodness, it was like, wow, super de duper. But we expect when the, the abundance, so we're looking ahead. Thirdly, so we're looking up, looking ahead, is disappointment, and we're looking down in verse 22. We're looking down. So Moses brought Israel to the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days' journey and found the water. So they're looking down, finding no water. They fixed their, their eyes on the circumstances. Even the water they finally located was bitter and undrinkable. Mara is the Hebrew word for bitter. Their frustration left them disappointed. What's going to happen now? And disappointment then becomes the fourth word is complaint. In 1524. 1524, and the people murmured against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? Caught in the vice of regret and mixed with resentment, they look back. They look up, they look ahead, they look down, and now they're looking back. You complain and murmur and grumble, grumble we find that we're looking back, it's, it's the easier days. Oh, we had it so much easier and things are so hard now. And why are you letting this happen to us, the Lord? Why are you doing this? And then finally, that brings us to the fifth step and it's provision. It's called grace. God's grace for our ornery souls. You don't deserve it understand it but often we are fussing and fuming and god steps in and provides for us and they look around 25 and he cried unto the lord and the lord showed him a tree which when he had cast into the waters the tree were made sweet there he made for him a statue and ordinance and there he proved them now those three words there he proved them remember a faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted trusted Prove them. By the way, no child of God just happens to move into the wilderness. God sovereignly designs the wilderness. I, I think for the child of God, there's no, there is no accidental happenings. Uh, luck. 
I don't think there's luck with the child of God. I think we're, God directs us and leads us as we walk with him. And so he, he led him to the wilderness. And then there, there's, this is the, the, the climax, if you would, because in 26, if thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God and will do that which is right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee. By the way, uh, a person took that. The book was published many years ago called None of These Diseases. You may actually have it in your library if you have a lot of books. Uh, but the Lord told the Israelites, if you will walk in obedience, I will surround you with my protection. You will be tested, but I promise I will come through every time provision that you need. I will not say yes to your greeds, but I will satisfy all your needs. And sometimes we have conflated our needs with our greeds, our needs with our greeds. I was reading a book, I forget what it was, and somebody got, somebody got talking about a car and how the, their car was like 2.4% 2.4 seconds faster than a Lamborghini. And so they had this race and he, he got there 2.4% 4 2.4 seconds earlier than Lamborghini and he turned around to gloat and he lost his lead. <laughs> that 2. Part, he just lost it by looking back to see where he was. 2.4 seconds you go and it's like wow we, we he's promised to meet our needs a faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted. And they came to Elam, 15, 27, where were 12 wells of water and three and score 10 palm trees and encamped by the waters. So let's review the cycle. Examination cycle, abundance, we're looking up. Expectation, we're looking ahead. Disappointment, we're looking down. Complaint, we're looking back. And provision, we look around and see how God has graciously counter many blessings, named them one by one. Was working on the, the, the play again in church. Uh, uh, was it? Oh, it's not David Clydesdale. It's the other guy who plays the piano. Anyway, his arrangement of counter blessings. I thought, we are. Have you found that to be true? You're discouraged. You're bent out of shape about something. Start counting your blessings. Well, I'm glad that there are not more caterpillars on the branches of the trees around my house. I'm glad it only got one arm this time. I'm glad that the mower ran. I'm glad the chainsaw actually finally started and that one limb I finally got cut down. It worked great. For, uh, although it took me a long time to get started. I'm glad that the fire company did not come out because I had a really big fire going. They did not come out and give me a ticket for burning trash earlier than 4 o'clock. I think there's a rule like that in, in Portland. I'm not sure. I'm glad about those things. Because we do not learn from history, often we are doomed to repeat it spiritually. There's lessons. We just don't learn them, and we keep coming back. So there's three testy trials. In case you don't get worried, we're just doing the first one tonight. The first testy trial. This is where the rubber meets the road. Often there is a group called the cantankerous grumblers. There's no official, but I think we come and we come, it's like a come in and go out as you as you, as you live your life. Some of us might be in the group right now. Besides, anybody besides me? We might be there right now. Cantankerous grumblers. There's three illustrations here. The examination cycle we were in. I think it was uh, we were in Pooler, Georgia. Never heard of Pooler, Georgia. And we're trying to find a place to eat. We're trying to get to the place on time to, for, the, for the first meeting. And we went into a Kentucky Fried Chicken, and there was nobody at the counter. I, I, we saw one person over by the drive-thru window. And I'll have to admit, there was, a, a, there was an odor. I'm not sure what the odor was. And so we're standing there waiting for the first person. You know, we, and a couple comes in behind me, and he goes, What's that smell? Like, out loud. It stinks in here. And so he goes and looks around at the counter, and I said, 
I said, let's, let's go to, let's go to boat somewhere else. I don't remember where it ended up going, but let's, let's go somewhere else. And so we just quietly packed out because there's no one even took our order. We waited. No one even came to the counter to take our order. And so, but that's the idea. It's, just, it's like something stinks here. And sometimes we get this, man, we got this, nothing's right. Everything's wrong and life stinks. And yet we have been given life. Aren't you glad that when you were, um, you were being carried by your mother, there wasn't this pro-death movement across the world, and that your mother—I was the last one my mother could have. After my mother had me, she could have no. She wanted more children. She could not have children. I, I'm not sure if actually she had a, a hysterectomy after I was born. I, I, I'm not sure, but she could not have any more children, and she wanted more. But aren't you glad that your mother, mother? carried you to term and gave you life. God gives life, but she allowed you to be born and to give in life. And so we are to be thankful. The test of time, the first one, first one and only one for tonight, the test of time, verse 16 now, chapter 16, verse 1, and they took their journey from Elam then or when is the idea. After it had been in the oasis of the 70 palm trees and the wells and had a great time there, they took their journey to Elam. They've been relaxing in the cold shade, perhaps sipping fresh water from the spring. Perhaps they had iced tea uh, with some sweetener in it. Perhaps they had those things. But now the journey's going to progress. They've had a plentiful supply of 12 springs and 70 date palms as they traveled to the wilderness. Now they're going down to the wilderness of sin. And all the congregation of the children of Israel, 16.1, came into the wilderness of sin. Now, by the way, the wilderness of sin has nothing to do with sin, per se. That's just the name. Most observers feel sin was located a little to the south and southeast of Elam, if you want to get your maps out and look at that on your maps. But time has passed. If you read 15 carefully, you will find that uh, observantly, we will see that there have been three days to find the water the first time. Now it's been over a month and a half, over 40 days. That's a time test. You got the water supply. Now it's been forty. And what's going to happen now? Where, where's the? That's a time test. We thought we thought we were through with those parched days in the wilderness, Moses. We had three days of parched throats, and then the Lord provided. Now we've got it again. So the whole congregation, sixteen of the children of Israel, murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. What is this? I thought I had that test once. Is why won't this chainsaw start? Does it not know I've got a lot of things to do? I got. Tired of pulling the cord. It's a wonder the cord's not broken 50 times with me. Murmured. That's a very simple word to understand. Carries the idea of grumbling, complaining. It comes from a word of the idea of remaining or persisting in a negative sense. Obstinate, stubborn. Jack Arnold, who had the privilege as a pastor of dying in the pulpit, said these words. The lust for more will always bring the Christian into a state of complaining. For it is impossible ever to have enough when we desire to have God meet our wants rather than our needs. Gerald Zemer told me, he said, I said, does God supply? Do you have everything you, you, you need? He says, I have everything. God supplies everything. This is a long time ago, 1999. We have everything we need. God provides it for us. Does he have everything he wants? No, probably not. But sometimes we have to step back. Now, what is a need and what is a want? What's a need and what does it want? A Christian who complains all the time is just like the children of Israel. He's forgotten the great things God has done for him in salvation. A complainer, says Pastor Arnold, the late Pastor Arnold, is always short on memory of God's faithfulness in the past. We have forgotten what he's already done for us. 
It is a popular sport. It's an onomatopoeic word. It means it sounds like what it is. Murmur, 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 murmur. And that's, that's what it sounds like. What, what, what did you say? I'm, I'm murmuring. I, well, I will often say, it's not worth repeating. <laughs> I'll murmur. What did you say? Uh, it's not really worth repeating. You don't want to hear it. How does this happen? Well, take for just a, for just a moment. Think about a family of five loading into a two-door car with the luggage going on vacation. The father, the mother, and the three children under 10. And they're going on a 500-mile trip. About mile 350, guess how things are going on in that car? If you don't have, like, all the games and things to play, if they had to entertain themselves, your horse from singing, and you're going on like that, guess what's going to happen? And multiply that times thousands, and you have the situation there with the Israelites in Egypt. Uh, are we there yet? Can you... Uh, I don't know how to say it in Hebrew. I'd massacre if I did. Are we there yet, Mom? I don't know where we're even going. Uh, just be quiet and keep walking. Keep, that's where that came from. Keep walking, keep walking, keep walking. Can you imagine? What a predicament. There's the thrill of freedom and excitement of the exodus, and it's soon erased by the discomfiture of travel. Where are we going? I don't know. I'm tired of this water, and I don't have any Pop-Tarts. There's no Pop-Tarts. There's no fruit snacks. And there is no Diet Mountain Dew here at all. I, I, I can't handle it. So we're grumbling. So what were they looking? They're looking back. 13 and the children, uh, 16, 3. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. Just a second now. Is this not the same people who had been brutally beaten and accosted and used by the Egyptians? Yes. God's given them freedom? Yes. They can worship God freely? Yes. Now we want to go back. And it's only been 40 days. And you're thinking, wow, how immature those Egyptians were to want to go back so soon. I tell you, you and I are in the same boat. We're looking for, we're looking for a way back, most likely. Uh, Philip Ryken says, whining was Israel's besetting sin. It started when Moses first went to Pharaoh and the Israelites complained that he was making the job harder instead of easier. They grumbled at the Red Sea where they accused Moses of bringing them out to die in the desert. They even more bitter at Marah, but the complaining didn't stop there. The Israelites, he says, wandered for 40 years and they grumbled their way through most of it. By the time they reached the desert of sin, they were an entire nation of malcontent. 40 days. But I can honestly say, I really believe, have you and I as the Christians today, we would be doing the very same thing. We do the very same thing in much better circumstances, though. Can you imagine? We, we are so, I, I, we're, just, we're just, we're a mile wide and an inch deep sometimes as Christians today. We, 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 and I'm, not, I'm just giving a generalization. I believe you, we as a church, we, we grow and we, we're re reading your Bible and you're praying and you're, you're working on spiritual maturity. The church as a whole today, professing believers, they, uh, they don't have that, the root system of why we do this, why we do that. Does this not sound like our lives sometimes? If so, we need to learn a timeless lesson. If you focus on the past, it will not be long before the complaints start oozing from our lips. You'll remember a long time ago, bathed in a hazy, rosy glow. Do you remember back when? Oh, yes, it was such a wonderful time. My wife got to go down to the home where, the only home where all six of the children lived in Jacksonville, Florida. And, and the, the home was bought for $16,000 in 62, I think it was. Sold in August of this year for $420,000. 
And so she posted the pictures and how it really is a nice house. And they fixed it up inside. And all her family and her brothers and sisters, not her mom and dad, because her mom and dad don't care about the house now, but, uh, but her brothers and sisters, oh, thank you, Stephanie, for giving all these pictures. The school she went to, the library she spent a lot of her life in as a young child was down there as well. And so she got to do all those things. And, and, but we, this Rosie, oh, do you remember back then? And we forget. God was back there then watching us. And we, we have somehow we get a little bit of a, and we start grumbling. I found this little poem. I asked the Lord that I might grow in faith and love and every grace. Might more of his salvation know and seek more earnestly his face. I hope that in some favored hour at once he'd answer my, at once he'd answer my request. And by his love's constraining power, subdue my sins and give me rest. Instead of this, he made me feel the hidden evils of my heart. And let the angry powers of hell assault my soul in every part. Lord, why is this? I trembling cried. Wilt thou pursue thy worm to death? Tis in this way, the Lord replied. I answered prayer for grace and faith. These inward trials I employ for self and pride to set thee, from self and pride to set thee free and break thy schemes of earthly joy that thou mayest find thine all in me. And you want faith that cannot be tested, cannot be trusted, cannot be trusted. But like we found ourselves, it is so foolish. We look back nostalgically and at a pleasant situation at which time then we are looking back at a place in a further past this does, it's not smart. We're grumbling right now about our current situation. Our chances are good. Two years ago, uh, we were looking back and said, oh, look how things were going then. And, and February of last year was better than now. And in February of last year, we were saying, you know, July the previous year was better than now. And July the previous year, look, we know two years ago, this was happening. Just stop. We need to stop all that. We need to quit this dreamy past. God was there all the time. All the time. If you're living only by circumstances, I can tell you you're going to live under them. Those circumstances are not what we're to live. We're to live for God. Circumstances are going to come and go. He remains the same. We, we, we feel we, because we've endured the current test, we should not have to experience it again. We passed this test. No. See, it is in the testing that we grow. I don't even want to preach on this because I can just tell you what's going to happen. When I preach this to someone else, I preached on Abraham at length twice. God moved me both times. So I just really don't preach on Abraham, period. I don't want, you know, that was, I, at any lengthy, I preached on a lengthy series on Abraham twice, and both times God moved me somewhere else. So that's why I stay away from Abraham. <laughs> and Job. Now, I think Job, though, is a wonderful book. Isn't the Bible wonderful? I tell you, the more you read the Bible and get into it, the more you find out it's amazing. And it's what gives you the strength to go from day to day to day. If you're not into that, you need to get into that. That's what makes the difference in our Christian walk. It's our relationship with him. Mr. Womack, if nothing else, has hammered home to us by his life and testimony. We have got to be walking with God every day. It's an everyday event. You're missing something? Pray about it. God can do those things for us. In the long haul, someone has said, God is honing us through such tests, stretching us, breaking us, crushing us. 
reducing us to an absolute open-armed trust where we say this, listen to this, Lord, I've come to the end of my own flesh. If you wish me to die in this wilderness, here's my life. Take it. I refuse to look back and complain about where I find myself at this moment. And he says, Moses had learned to wait. The congregation needed to learn that truth as well. In the country or town or city, some people can be found who spend their lives in grumbling everything around. Oh, yes, they're always grumble no matter what we say, for these are chronic grumblers and they grumble night and day. They grumble in the city, they grumble on the farm, they grumble at their neighbors, neighbors, they think that is no harm. They grumble at their husbands, they grumble at their wives, they grumble at their children, they grumble, but their grumbler never thrives. They grumble when it's raining, they grumble when it's dry. And if the crops are failing, they grumble and they sigh. They grumble at the prices, they grumble when they're high. They grumble at all year round and they grumble till they die. Oh, they grumble on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. They grumble on Thursday too. Grumble on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They grumble the whole week through. But if you find yourself in that, that group, you need to get out of that group. The examination cycle. Learn from history or we will repeat it. Abundance we look up, expectation we look ahead, disappointment we look down, complaint we look back, and provision we look around. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from where? The Lord. I'm telling you, it is... It, doesn't mean the end of our testing when we walk with God. It simply means we don't go to pieces. It means we have the peace of God. Let's pray. Lord, this message is for me, and uh, I pray that you help me to learn the lesson. And Lord, not in the sense that we'll never come again, but when the lessons, the difficult times come, that I have your peace because I'm centered upon you. The pastors are human too. And and if nothing else, I've made it plain, abundant. I ask for prayer. I need the prayers of your people. We all need to pray for one another. That's why we're here. We're to edify one another, to build each other up, to to challenge spiritually, to encourage one another, to let them know we are truly, truly empathetic toward them. Lord, help us to find ourselves anchored upon you. So when the storms come, we don't go to pieces, but we have the peace of God that passes understanding. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.